Are you a teen in 8th through 12th grade? Are you looking for a dress for your junior or senior prom? Or perhaps a spring formal or 8th grade dance? And keep these dates in mind. This March, the Ocean County Library is returning with the 16th annual Prom Dress Giveaway. The Prom Dress Giveaway allows you to take home the dress or two of your dreams for free. Simply come to one of our participating branches, find a dress, and take it home. The giveaways will be from 4 to 8 p.m. at the Toms River Branch on Monday, March 11th, Tuesday, March 12th, and Wednesday, March 13th, the Little Lake Harbor Branch on Tuesday, March 19th, and Wednesday, March 20th, and finally, the Brick Branch on Monday, March 25th, and Tuesday, March 26th. For more details, check out our website at www.theoceancountylibrary.org visit your local branch or call us at 732-349-6200 we look forward to seeing you then hello and welcome to waves of ya a podcast focused on young adult literacy Brought to you by the Ocean County Library's Teen Literacy Workgroup. My name is Chichilia. I'm a teen services librarian at the Ocean County Library. And I'm Kristen, another YA librarian at the Ocean County Library. I am Anika Morosrisi, author of Hide and Don't Seek and Other Very Scary Stories, Always Forever Maybe, Nobody Knows But You, most recently Wishing Season. And today we are going to talk about intense female friendships. So the first question we have up is, what makes a long-lasting female friendship? I love this question. It's something I think about in my own life a lot as somebody who's now 44 years old and has friends that I've had for all 44 years and friends that I thought I would have forever, but they only lasted for the seasons that they belonged in. I think a willingness to grow and change and remain curious about each other is key. Yeah, I really like that phrasing of being curious and growing with each other and not staying stagnant, sort of. Because as people, we grow and especially, you know, teenagers, they're growing into young adults and then adults and then so on and so forth. And being able to adapt and adjust with each other's growing interests or the events that occur in their lives is also really important and and like an understanding of one another too. It doesn't always come naturally, right? It can feel like a betrayal when you're a young teenager or even tween and the first time that a friend starts to grow in a direction that wasn't what your friendship was based on originally or wasn't what you knew of them in the beginning. And of course, being a teenager is all about growing and changing as you figure out who you are and what you believe and we can forget or not yet know when we're younger that those kinds of changes are happening to other people as well and that we need to allow space for them in our friendships. Yeah. And when someone doesn't change in the same direction, you're like, Mm -hmm. but we started in the same place. Why are you now different? And so many things change, especially in like teenage years, that it's scary. It's scary if someone doesn't go in the same direction as you because you're like, am I doing it wrong? (laughs) Like, are they doing it wrong? How do I get them like back with me? And I also think that there's a lot in teenage years that pits females against each other. 
we're in competition. And so it can be really hard to see someone changing and also have it be a hierarchy like, oh, well, mine's better. I'm doing better. Or often love interests come in between friendships. And that's how the story has been told. So setting up those friendships that are like stronger and allow you the space to like wiggle into something different. It can be difficult too, especially when you're younger, but also when you're older to have the communication skills to know how to articulate what's going on, when to bring it up, when to let it slide, how to discuss what's happening in your friendship together and figure out what you need, articulate those needs, ask what's going on with the other person when it's not what you expected. I think old friendships especially can have a lot of assumptions that can cause strife. And we have to learn. It's one of the reasons that books about female friendships are so important because we can see different positive and negative ways that those can be modeled and learn how to articulate what's going on in our own lives that way. I think some of your books speak to this, both your YA books, but I also think some of your books for children set this up from a young age. Do you think you could talk about that? It's not like a question that we've already laid out, but I want to know. (laughs) I started, my career as an author started talking about intense female friendships and a fight between two friends in a chapter book. The first book I ever published was called Anna Banana and the Friendship Split. And that is the start of a series about a kid named Anna and her wiener dog, Banana, and all of the ups and downs of having two best friends in elementary school, which sometimes is twice the trouble and sometimes is twice the fun. But in the first book, she does not yet have two best friends. She has one best friend who is everything to her, everything other than her dog. And they have a fight on her birthday, at her birthday party, right after her birthday wish comes true. And for the rest of the book, Anna's not sure if she and Sadie are going to become friends again, or if this is a split that will last forever. And she has a lot to figure out about what went wrong, why she's feeling the way she feels, what could have gone differently, who needs to apologize for what, or who needs to adjust what they expect of the other person. And the kids in those books are in third grade. So it was just Anna's ninth birthday party that that happens to. But when I wrote that book, I was in my 30s and had recently experienced a possible friendship breakup of my own. And all of those emotions, the confusion and sadness and anger that Anna is feeling in the book came from my life. And I could relate to that a lot of yeah, it was it was important to me. So, so yes, I, I write about it in books for all ages because it's something we we always have to think about and deal with and check in with ourselves about part of being a human being and growing and loving other people. Awesome. Do you have any books that you think are really good portrayals of friendship in particularly young adult literature? The good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, some of my favorite books center intense female friendships of varying degrees of good and bad because the shifts in them, the changes in them are part of what I'm interested in um, when I'm reading and changes are uncomfortable for human beings. So one of my favorites is a classic now, Born Confused by Tanuja Desai-Hidie. Have you read that? It's amazing. And the friendship between Gwen and Dimple, the main character, is one of my favorite parts of that book. It goes through some real ups and downs over the course of that book. Another throwback, Beautiful by Amy Reed, who writes intense friendships in many of her novels, Over You, is another one of hers that I love. 
but beautiful, which is her debut is an intense friendship between a shy girl who's just moved to a new town and makes friends with sort of a bad girl who pulls her into all sorts of situations she might not otherwise have been in and who she wants to be for this friend is such a big part of the reasons that she gets pulled into this pretty intense plot. If you've seen the movie 13, there are similarities there. But more recently, I love, love, loved Sawkill Girls by Claire Legrand. Mm-hmm. Seeing some of you nodding, <laughs> uh, which love that one. you mentioned earlier, Kristen, the support that girls need to give other girls and, and how essential that can be. That is a horror novel in which female community, female support is everything. And I love the way Claire pulls that off. I also loved Monday's Not Coming by oh, Tiffany yes. Jackson. That's a really good one. Uh, that friendship drives of... that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and figuring out what happened with that friend and her refusal to let go of this friend who is missing when everyone else seems to have forgotten or to have moved on. That. Ooh, and then the twists, because it's Tiffany. There are always twists yes. throughout and at the end. <laughs> what about you? Do you have intense female friendship novels that you love? I have a few, and you just reminded me of some as you were speaking as well. The Girls with Sharp Sticks series by Suzanne Young. Now, there are some twists in that one, too, but these girls are not necessarily biological girls. This is a sci-fi book. They live in an academy that's supposed to make them be the perfect girls. And along the way, stuff happens. But those girls are completely dedicated to each other. If you were a friend that was like needing someone to bury a body, these were the girls that were going to do it. That whole series I thought was really powerful. And the sci-fi nature of it just gives it a nice little twist. Firekeeper's Daughter that's Angeline Boulay. Sometimes the cover of a book will make me think it's one thing. This book did not match the cover. I picked it up and I thought this was a fantasy book. I was like, okay, I'm ready for fantasy. And I don't read fantasy. It's not a fantasy book. It's like a realistic fiction book. And I feel like that one also represented like multi-generational female friendships as well. So like how we support each other, how women that are in their 40s can support teenage women and bring them into the fold. That one also includes something I love in intense female teenage friendships, especially this sense that your friends know you in a way that other people can't or won't, right? And what that main character knows about her best friend drives her belief of what maybe really happened in that Mm -hmm. mystery. And other people couldn't have known because this friendship is central and we are separating ourselves in some ways from our families and from the people we've been as children as we grow into teenagers and we're figuring out who we are, what we believe and who we are in relationship to our friends is so essential there. So we show them parts of ourselves before we show the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And that knowledge in both Monday's Not Coming and Firekeeper's Daughter feels so central to how the friendships fit into the mysteries there. And we test who we are. So if I have a... I don't tell all my secrets to my family, but I tell my secrets to my friends and I test who I want to be with my friends because it's an environment where they're the same age as me and they're also trying to figure it out. And so I can like test new stuff out and 
hypothesize what if I was this person and my friends are like a safer place to do that than necessarily the whole world, right? Yes, because real Um, friendship is based on trust. Yes. And you mentioned the girl that meets the bad girl and those kinds of things. And Mm -hmm. it made me think of Unpregnant. This one's like a couple years. And like those two girls did not start friends. So the protagonist needs some help figuring out what to do in her. She finds herself pregnant and figuring out what to do from there. And a classmate who was a friend when they were younger and then they fell apart, steps up in numerous ways and teaches our protagonist how to advocate for herself, how to not be what every other person in her life, what the box that they put her in. I like when the rough exterior girl is actually like the hero that has all the feelings. You just didn't know it. Um, Yeah. I think the last one that I can't not talk about is Blood Moon. That's Lucy Cuthu, and it's, if I'm remembering correctly, it's in verse. And that one is about a girl who is exploring her sexuality with her boyfriend and also has her period. And then how that gets out to the entire school. And she is demonized as this dirty person. And through the novel, she has the support of friends and then eventually more support within the community to be like, this is like a natural thing that happens once a month for all of us. And why are we scared of menstruation? Mm -hmm. So I thought that that one also, while I love the friendships and the support and the exploring and all of those things, I also loved that the topic was out there it's an important place to go in young adult literature, I think. Cecilia, do you have some? So when I was thinking of different genres, I kept coming back to a lot of graphic novels and Mm -hmm. even manga. I think one of the first female friendship as like a group was Sailor Moon and the magical girl genre, because that story focuses on I mean they're fighting evil they kind of have to be friends with each other I watched it with my younger cousin within the last 10 years and they're like incredibly supportive of one another of everything that they're going through all the supernatural stuff and the stuff going on with their classmates and the interpersonal relationships they're just very supportive of one another and I never realized that watching the anime and reading the manga when I was younger, how positive these female relationships are in this story. I don't know if anybody's watched Sailor Moon. I haven't watched Sailor Moon, but when I was trying to think about this question, I was like, oh, I don't know how many books I can think of that have these intense female friendships that don't turn into like friends to lovers or enemies to lovers that just stay friendships. And then as I thought of one, then I would think of another. And then, you know, someone would mention one and I would think of another. And I was like, it is out there. It's just not a lot of the books about witchcraft and teen witches. Those have that. But there's not a marketing of like, read this book about intense female friendships (laughs) or like really good friends. And that's the thing. It's just there a lot. Yeah, they exist. But like we talked about, Monday's Not Coming, the whole entire story is based on the friendship. 
a lot of because I read a lot of mysteries. So a lot of those were the friends had something, a murder happen in the past and they have to solve it in the future. The one I was thinking of particularly was Broken Things by Lauren Oliver, where these two girls are accused of killing their best friend when they were younger. And then things come up later on as they're teenagers, they're no longer preteens, and they have to convince others that they're innocent of this crime. So that was one of the things when we were talking about long-lasting female friendships, going through similar experiences or having a bonding event that solidifies the group of girls as like being forced to become friends with one another and then it, the bonding experience makes them friends i don't know if anybody else has stories that are similar to that where the girls face something together and then it i saw kill girls is kind of like that definitely yeah when i've been writing i've been interested in both kinds both the the shifts that happen in a friendship that has been around for a long time, but other things in the world are changing. Mine don't tend to have witchcraft and <laughs> things like that, but I, I do have some murders. But when I started writing Always Forever Maybe, which is my first YA novel, it's about a toxic romance and a shifting essential friendship. So basically a, a girl named Betts who meets this guy that she falls hard and fast for and feels like he sees her in a way no one ever has. And her best friend, Joe, thinks he's very bad news. So it's about what happens in that toxic romance that turns abusive. But to me, it has always been about how Betts's infatuation with this guy shifts things with her best friend in a time when their friendship is changing anyway. It's the end of senior year. They're about to go in their different directions. And there's a lot of push and pull in the relationship because of that. And like we were saying, you don't really market it for the intense friendship in this book too. You market it for the toxic romance, but the best friendship is what interested me the most and is what got me through it as I was writing it, wanting to know what would happen with Bets and Joe. My other YA novel, Nobody Knows But You, is about an intense friendship that's formed over the course of a single summer at camp, but the summer is cut short by a murder. And it's told in unsent letters that one of the friends writes to the other after the summer is over, interspersed with text messages, news clips, a trial transcript, social media posts and interviews with other campers to try to piece together what happened. I wrote that in part because I grew up in a very small community, an island off the coast of Maine, where you've known everyone that you encounter for most of your whole life, and they've known you or they think they know you. And it was so essential for me to go away for a week, a month in the summer and meet people who I didn't already know, who didn't already have impressions of me, who only knew who I was in that moment, especially as I was becoming a teenager and things about me I felt were shifting. But of course, the people who'd known me my whole life thought I was the same person because that's <laughs> those tiny ways that we grow that feel enormous inside of us we need a safe place to try them out. And it felt to me like these friends that I would make over the course of a summer or even just a few weeks of that summer knew me better than all these people who'd known me my whole life. And we would write letters back and forth, much like there are letters in this book. And that was where I 
had a safe place to explore who I was, was through those friendships and through those letters. And one summer, I was at an academic eight-week program, the summer before my senior year of high school. And one of my roommates in that program and one of my friends, over the course of the summer, it became clear that everything she told us about herself was not true. That she was lying to us about what her family was, what her life was like back at home, various things there. Clearly there were psychological things going on with her, but it was fascinating as we figured it out, because first of all, you don't expect people that you meet to be lying to you. You take them at face value, even when things don't quite add up. So it took a while to figure out what was happening. And then it was fascinating to try to figure out why. And I thought a lot about, do I know her better because of these lies that she's telling me? Or would I know her better if she told me things she thought were true about herself? Because the ways that she chose to lie, the things she chose to lie about, I think, told me a lot about her insecurities and her fears and the way she wanted to be presenting herself. And I was thinking about that a lot when I wrote this book. about <laughs> How do we know the people that we know, especially when we've just met them? But you can form those intense bonds through something traumatic that happens, through something wonderful that happens, like we're talking about, and then... Who really knows us, especially in this period where we're still getting to know ourselves? So it was a deep dive into that for me. That's also interesting. You think about work besties versus your besties outside of work. So even as an adult, I sometimes wonder, like, do the people I work with actually end up knowing me more because they see me every day or they hear about the weird things that go on outside of work because we're forced into this situation. I think there are a lot of professions that also try to fabricate that. So I used to work in colleges as an administrator in residence life. And when we did training for RAs, that was an intense situation. So those RAs were really just working together. The goal was to get them to work together well, but because they're spending these long hours together and they're seeing each other repeatedly over the span of two weeks, you make these bonds that are like not always trauma bonds, but sometimes trauma bonds. And then do these people know me and now I can trust them. Sometimes I feel like that is true. And sometimes I feel like that is a false sense of security. I don't know why I'm thinking about this because it's not YA at all, but like the end of speed. So Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves, they've been through this terrible thing and there's a bomb on the bus and all of this stuff. And then at the very end, it's insinuated that they're going to get together and they're like, you know, relationships built on really intense trauma. They never last. But I think that they probably didn't like we know that from the sequel, it didn't work out, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But in that moment, when you have that intense thing happen, It feels like I know this person more, right? And high school is filled with those mini traumas Mm -hmm. or what can feel like traumas or real traumas, of course, um, and the bonds that happen through them. All of being a teenager, I feel, is built around that, right? (laughs) It's like there's trauma and there's like intense situations. Like you think about summer camp or starting a sport, all of those things put you in the same place for a a prolonged period of time. You have to see each other. And then 
I think that's sometimes if your friends that you had already don't follow you into that sport, it can feel like they're being left behind or that you don't connect with them the same way anymore because now you've connected with this new group of people. And thinking about the difference, why friendships are so important for teenagers, you were talking about at work, how it can feel like nobody outside of work understands besides Mm -hmm. the other work people. And high school becomes increasingly like that too. In elementary school, it feels like your parents have enough of an understanding of what's going on at school or you can explain it, but it becomes infinitely more complex as hormones enter and junior high happens and into high school, it becomes a place that only the people who are there with you could possibly understand. And we all want to be understood. So we need those friends. We need those friendships. Absolutely. Are you a teen in eighth through 12th grade? Are you looking for a dress for your junior or senior prom? Or perhaps a spring formal or eighth grade dance? Then keep these dates in mind. This March, the Ocean County Library is returning with the 16th annual Prom Dress Giveaway. Prom Dress Giveaway allows you to take home the dress or two of your dreams for free. Simply come to one of our participating branches, find a dress, and take it home. The giveaways will be from 4 to 8 p.m. at the Toms River Branch on Monday, March 11th, Tuesday, March 12th, and Wednesday, March 13th the Little Lake Harbor branch on Tuesday, March 19th, and Wednesday, March 20th. And finally, the Brick branch on Monday, March 25th, and Tuesday, March 26th. For more details, check out our website at www.theoceancountylibrary.org. Visit your local branch or call us at 732-349-6200. We look forward to seeing you then. As we are talking about this, I'm thinking, are there any books or friendships in books that are seen as not the best, either toxic friendships that the character breaks away from? The one I uh, am thinking of is Honey and Issues Guide to Fake Dating. The beginning, it's like, what we talked about friends that we had when we were younger that you're sort of being like, Oh, I don't know if I want to be friends with these people anymore because they're kind of mean. (laughs) Are there any other books that or friendships in books that represent that, that either show the character kind of trying to break away or showcasing toxic friendships and saying like, Hey, this isn't okay that your friends are, being mean to you in this way. Over You by Amy Reed is one of my favorites of that. A long-term friendship that the toxicity is being revealed and someone's going to have to break away. So it's not a friendship that can be fixed. And all the many emotions that come from letting go of someone who's been so essential to you. And it's okay if it can't be fixed. So it's, mm-hmm. And uh, these YA books and J books showing that there's a healthy way to move on from these relationships, I think is great in showcasing that just to show like, Hey, it's okay that your friends could be jerks sometimes. And it's okay that if you feel like you need to break away from that. Yeah. We don't see enough of that. And the fact that that's not something that we see modeled a lot in pop culture means that when you're experiencing it, 
it can feel like a real failure or like you are the bad friend if you need to break up with somebody who's bad for you. In my new middle grade novel, Wishing Season, which is a magical grief novel about twins, that's the main plot. But there's a best friendship that is already over before the book begins, a best friend that Lily, the main character, is no longer speaking to. She's 11. Something happened around that friendship and it's slowly revealed over the course of the novel. And I think most readers will expect but by the end, Lily and Deandra will make up that the confusions and the misunderstandings that are revealed will be apologized for and, and they'll get over them and rebond. And that's, I deliberately made that not be what happened. I deliberately had Lily work through what happened and come to an understanding and forgive Deandra in order to have that release for herself, but forgive her with the understanding of, and this does not happen in a conversation between them. It happens in conversations she has with her dead brother, actually, and her new older friend who's a teenager, but come to the understanding that she doesn't need to be friends with someone who would treat a friend that way and that she can still be nice to her. So they can still interact and be civil. They don't have to be enemies, but that there are some things that are deal breakers and that's okay. That the friendship was good while it lasted and then it was not good and it's time for her to step away. And that was so important for me to model on the page because when I was 11, I felt like any strife in a friendship, let alone the end of a friendship was a complete failure. Also, if any of the listeners haven't read Wishing Season, while it does feature 11-year-old protagonists, it is an incredibly powerful book. I really appreciate the emotions and the feelings that have been coming into middle grade books in recent years, that there's more complexity there. I read for the Garden State Teen Book Awards, and one of the things that the young adult librarians have said for many years has been like, well, reading middle grade is difficult because it always resolves nicely and everything is always like happy at the end. And I don't think that that is the case anymore. There are certainly middle grade books that do, just like our lives. Some situations do resolve happily and some situations do not. And I think that modeling children that are figuring that out is incredibly important. And I think that Wishing Season was one of those examples of a book that was more complicated. Children's lives are complicated as well. And I think that middle grade books that recognize that are really helpful for children to realize, like, I don't need to hang on to things just because they've always been there if they're damaging. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I've always been drawn to books that allow us to show our scars and to have those scars that in any book, something bad is going to happen, right? That's, that's the plot. We need some kind of change. You need and something. <laughs> there are readers who need and want, and this is legitimate too, for everything to be tied up for there to be that happily ever and it to really just be okay. And that's an okay need. I have always needed for the book to show and I fell in that mud puddle and here are the splatters or I got cut and here is this scar. And to me as a reader and as a human being, seeing other people survive hard things, but still carry the damage from it in some way or the evidence of it in some way has allowed it to be okay to be human, to, to, to also have scars. The last question we have touched on here and there as we've been talking 
Why do we feel portraying female friendships is important when writing and reading YA books? I think Kristen hit it when she mentioned that the media often pits us against each other and expects girls to be in competition and to be fighting. And so much of that media is still written by men. That's part of how they see us. And it doesn't need to be that way. We don't have to be one another's competition or enemies. We can be each other's best understanding and support structures, including when the friendship has bumps. Those bumps, getting through them together can make us stronger and having good models for that and examples for that. And for it to be okay when there's fights or when someone is mean, for there to be space for female anger within female friendships is also really important to me. We are complex, imperfect people and If our friends see that and love us, not only despite it, but in part because of it, how affirming and amazing is that? I want us all to have friendships like that in our lives. I think seeing those friendships that don't overcome whatever the situation that pulled them apart and seeing that they don't need to become enemies, we can now coexist in our different friend groups and just say that was a friendship that happened. One of my most intense friendships from when I was in middle school ended because I changed schools. So I changed schools. I was in a different district. The friendship didn't feel the same anymore for me or for the other person. And I was really hurt. And at the time I did the thing that like, I feel like the greater media is showing us. I burned all the pictures. Like we're not friends anymore. (laughs) This is over. This is gone. And now still looking back, even though we never made that friendship again, that friendship is one of the things that defined me as a middle schooler and knowing that now we can like be Facebook acquaintances and just see each other's lives is like, it's okay that it didn't work after because it was so good when it happened. Yeah. I think, especially since we talked about that being a teenager, you're figuring out who you are and who what friendships you kind of want to last from either elementary school or who do you want to continue on with the, you know, the classic kind of trope of, will we still be friends when we go away to different colleges or like we have to go to the same college. So we're trying to get into the same college together. I think showcasing those is important in showcasing how teenagers develop and, that it's okay to break away from that friend you had in elementary school or, you know, it's okay to go to different colleges and still be friends or like maybe things end, things end, things continue, just show the ordinariness of friendships. It's so important too for writers, if there are any writers listening, (laughs) we get to know our characters by being inside their heads often, Mm -hmm. especially writing in first person, which is very common in YA. Because that's how we get to know ourselves, all these thoughts that are swirling in our own minds. And that can see a first draft of a YA novel often involves a whole lot of thinking. But we get to know other people and the characters that we read through the ways that they interact with others. And it's one of the most frustrating things as a writer that I could tell you every single thing a character is thinking and feeling. And that doesn't actually let you get to know her or feel it yourself. You have to see it in action in the world. You have to see her interacting with other people to really understand those things about her and feel that they're true yourself and have that emotional investment that we want a reader to have. So we also need friendships in YA because we can't just have that internal monologue. That's not what being a human is all about. It's about 
how you act in different situations and how you act in relationship to others, I guess, unless you're living in a cave by yourself or just with a bear. Yes. Yes. And we don't exist by ourselves even then. So like think, (laughs) think castaway, like (laughs) we made best friends with a volleyball because we are social creatures. So even if I lived in a cabin in the woods, maybe my, not necessarily friends, but the people that I interact or the things that I interact with on a daily basis are, I'm still doing that interaction. We need to be able to do that interaction and it shows who we are. Yeah. I think that that's when you talk about like writing that, yeah, you can know your character, but unless your character is interacting with other people, no one else is going to know your character. Exactly. And those other people need to be real. You can't just be a best friend in a novel who exists only to support the main character without any things going on in her own life. So (laughs) that complexity of secondary characters make the primary characters in their situations all the richer. Yes. And more believable. And it models what's really happening. Like we need to remember that all the things that are happening in our lives, that's not the main and only story our friends are also if my friend doesn't respond to me wanting to hang out I need to assume that they also have a very rich life that includes ups and downs and I need to respect that like I am not the only person in a friendship and I'm not the only person wherever I go I think that that's how we make friendships is that we care about the internal goings-on in our friends lives if I had a friend that just existed as like this blank character to help me process everything and never told me anything back, it would be a very (laughs) boring friendship, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What I've noticed, because we're talking about one-sided friendships, I've noticed a lot, and this is just because technology coming up, the you meet a friend online character and then you meet in person. And I, this is something that's happening with teens. And then you realize, oh, they have other people and they just don't exist as this person that talks about this band or this one thing that we share in common. They have a whole other life outside of the thing that we are interested in. Um, the novel that comes to mind is uh, I Was Born for This by Alice Osman which is about a character who meets up with an online friend to go to a concert of a band that they're obsessed with. And their friendship sort of expanding from the online platform into the real world and realizing, oh, there's other obstacles. There's this other person or this person didn't tell me exactly what their life was like or hiding different things. That just reminded me of the one-sidedness and the, like, you don't really know everything about someone just from the screen life that they're living. (laughs) And even in real life, you never know everything about another person. And I think that that's hard because we think we know our friends, we know what they will decide. And then when they shock us by choosing something different, it's like, I thought I knew you. Well, you can never think that you knew someone oh, because someone, the, only yeah. person, the only person that you could truly know is yourself. And even then, it's like, if I didn't anticipate the situation, I don't know what I will do. There are too many variables for us to ever fully know someone. We just need to accept that they're making the best choices for themselves 
on different scales. So maybe today I'm making the decision that's going to make me the happiest. Maybe tomorrow I'm making the decision that's going to be the healthiest for me. We have different scales of how we make our decisions and we need to leave room for that for all of our friends. Like this thing's going to be the funnest. Well, it's also going to have the most consequences probably. (laughs) So I love that. I teach in an MFA program. And before I was a writer myself, I was an editor working with other writers on their books. And one thing that I always talk about with my students or often talked about with the writers that I got to work with was that we are not the same person with everyone in our lives or in every situation in our lives. We've already talked about how you you might be different with your work friends or in a work environment, certainly, than you are at home or at school or wherever. And one of the ways to make a draft more complex and make the relationships more real is to think about what does this friend bring out in your character that's different from who she is with anyone else? And what's different about the way that she speaks when she's with this best friend than when she's with us, a less best friend or with her mother or with a teacher, all of those different sides of each other that we bring out are so interesting and essential. And part of that thing we keep coming back to of figuring out who you are and what you believe and seeing who you are in these different situations and with different people. And I also think one of the reasons that's important to model in YA fiction is that I think a lot of teenage girls, especially notice this in themselves and worry about whether that makes them fake because we're looking for that in pop culture, right? When really it just makes them human (laughs) and different in different situations. And seeing that modeled realistically in a, on the pages can be part of understanding yourself as a complex human being and figuring out which sides of yourself you like the most and how to hang with people who will allow you to be that person. Bring out the sides that you want to be brought out. <laughs> yeah. And make you feel safe being exactly who you feel like you are or want to be in that moment. Do we have any final thoughts as we wrap things up? I would want to ask if there's anything that you're promoting now, anything that we can expect next from you. Wishing Season is my most recent book, and I'm very proud of that one, so I hope it will find its readers. I am not yet allowed to announce the next thing, but it's a young adult novel. I can't tell you the title or anything like that, but I will tell you that it's about a heartbroken girl who tells a desperate lie and starts to lose track of her own truth. And there absolutely is an essential friendship within this novel as well. But I hope to be able to share more about that soon. I will be announcing it on my social media as soon as I'm able. That's a good teaser. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out the Ocean County Library's website for more podcasts and events. All titles mentioned in today's episode can be found through the Ocean County Library, free with your library card. Until next time, happy reading. Are you a teen in 8th through 12th grade? Are you looking for a dress for your junior or senior prom? Or perhaps a spring formal or 8th grade dance? Then keep these dates in mind. This March, the Ocean County Library is returning with the 16th annual Prom Dress Giveaway. The Prom Dress Giveaway allows you to take home the dress or two of your dreams for free. Simply come to one of our participating branches, find a dress, and take it home. 
The giveaways will be from 4 to 8 p.m. at the Tom's River Branch on Monday, March 11th, Tuesday, March 12th, and Wednesday, March 13th, the Little Lake Harbor Branch on Tuesday, March 19th, and Wednesday, March 20th, and finally, the Brick Branch on Monday, March 25th, and Tuesday, March 26th. For more details, check out our website at www.theoceancountylibrary.org. Visit your local branch or call us at 732-349-6200. We look forward to seeing you then.